Welcome to another edition of the Tom Green Podcast. If you've been following my podcast for a while, you know that I have been trying to start this project for a long time. And finally, I'm going to get it off the ground. It's this project called Life in Sports. What I'm trying to do with this project is um, get people interested in sports. And if you are interested in sports, find out what what jobs you could do with it. So this is kind of a, this is the first podcast of a series. And I will say to any colleges or any professors that are going to use this podcast for their class, I definitely encourage you to. I would like for you to let me know because I'm, in, I'm interested in seeing where this project will go. So if that's the case, uh, feel free to email me. And my email is greenet2013, G-R-E-E-N-E-T, 2013 at yahoo.com. Once again, G-R-E-E-N-E-T, 2013 at yahoo.com. So thanks in advance for using this podcast for classes, for studies, and for anything you may want to do. So with that being said, this is Life in Sports. Now in this first episode, we are going to preview what would what life is like as a professor in journalism. And for that, I brought in two of the professors that got me through the PTW degree and sports broadcasting journalism degree, and they are Dr. Bill Williamson hey. and Dr. Scott Kowaleski. Howdy. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us on, yeah, Tom. Thank you. Definitely excited to start this project called Life in Sports. So, first one I'm going to start off with is taking a look at what, what it's like at SVSU. We call it the Professional Technical Writing PTW Wing. Um, talk, to, talk to me a little bit about you know, PTW. We'll start with Bill. Well, the program's been around for close to 20 years now. Yeah, yeah. 2000, I think, was the was the launch date. Um, Dr. K. Harley, who's the original architect of the program, and in its current version, um, we just did some some reconfiguration of the program here. But we've been in our new digs over in Curtis Hall for. Three years, is that it? Yeah, Kay's signaling me here that it's only three years. Um, and, and we're sitting right now in, in one of the one of what we think of as the, as the showcase pieces of the PTW suite, which is the PTW audio and video production studio. Originally, it was just a recording studio, and we've been able to use some external money to, to bring in some new tech starting this coming year. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, and programmatically speaking, you know, this is a this facility was constructed with people like you and mine, Tom. People who are going to be interested in doing voice work. People who are interested in doing stuff connected to broadcast. Knowing that the options for how you're going to do some professional development here at SVSU with that are going to be relatively limited. You know, there's a lot of work that happens in technical writing, technical communication, that combines audio and video. Yes. And, and you know, there's a way for us to to create uh, an environment where people like you could get some experience doing stuff like that. Definitely, okay. Yeah, I think um, you know, programmatically, we're at a place where it's, things are really exciting. Uh, we've added a couple of new minors to the program. Uh, one in user experience design, which brings in some of our expertise as faculty in usability studies and user experience. Uh, and then the second minor is in writing it for public purposes, which focuses on kind of the lives that we have as, as uh, engaged citizens uh, who uh, want to impact our communities. 
and the kind of work that you might do in, in government and uh, nonprofit organizations. Um, you know, and then I think what we've always sort of embraced is this sort of spirit that um, what we do is driven by our students. And so I think the sports journalism class that you were involved in, Tom, yes. uh, was one of those moments where we had um, a, a kind of an upswell of students who were really interested in doing that kind of work. And we found a way to make it happen. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I think we really appreciate about um, you know, not just our program, but this institution where we have some of that flexibility to make those kinds of things happen. So when we have students who are interested in a very specific kind of area, a very specific kind of field, uh, that we as faculty can do, a, uh, you know, we can to, to help make that happen. Yes, and I will actually inform my inform people about myself because if you haven't listened to the actual podcast, which I do a lot, cover a lot of the four major sports, including college football, college basketball, this could be something new for people. You know, I'm 24 years old. Name's Tom Green at TomTV23 on Twitter as well as at TomGreenPod. And actually, Dr. Bill had seen my talents at a very young age because, oh, yeah. ironic, high. ironically enough, I went to school with two of his kids. <laughs> so he was actually the one that got me started into this exact PTW program. And and I actually take some credit for um, starting the sports journalism class as well. Oh, absolutely. Which we'll, absolutely. Which, which we'll get into in a minute. But, um, yeah, Bill was actually the one that got me really started and really interested in this industry. And once I got into Delta, it's like, you know, um, this is only going to last two years. I need to find a way to branch somewhere. And I contacted Bill again. He got me into SVSU, and the wheels turned, and now we had a sports journalism class. So really, PTW is professional technical writing. You can do a lot more than sport, just sports journalism, as Kay and Bill were talking about. You can. Um, it's, a lot, it's a lot of web design. It's a lot of writing in public spaces, writing in electronic spaces. In fact, one of the classes before I got out was called Writing in Electronic Spaces, which was web design. And um, I will say as an aside that during, um, Bill had us do a one of our own websites, and I did a Tom Green podcast website. And just for humor, we had to, we had to do five pages. On the fifth page, if you watch Let's Make a Deal, I, I zonked Dr. Bill. <laughs> I, th- I thought... He's going to find this hilarious. So <laughs> as an aside, I had to zonk Dr. Bill with, with my website. <laughs> you say that PTW is one of those things where you could do a lot more than sports broadcast. And I kind of flipped that around and say PTW sure. is one of those things where you do so much with it that, that's industrial. But at a school like SVSU, we get to well, we get to experiment with things like sports journalism with mm-hmm. you you know, someone comes along and says, hey, let's do this kind of thing. And, you know, Dr. K and I have both been involved in sports in various roles and ways throughout our lives. But the reality is, you know what? I'm a six-foot power forward, and that just isn't going to make it in the NBA these days. So, you know, the only way that I'm going to be involved in sports is through things like teaching about sports journalism and coaching, and I do both of those things and love them. So. Well, as an aside, I heard Dr. K tell me that she had a six-foot vertical leap. So <laughs> That is the rumor. It's documented. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as an aside, one in, in, an, in an awards ceremony these guys were at, I wasn't there, Dr. K saw it on the pamphlet and just could not hold himself from laughing. Oh. How, how such things work their way in is, uh, you know. Only for a sense of humor, I think. So. <laughs> Once upon a time, I had hops enough to dunk a basketball. <laughs> Those days are long past. <laughs> so yes, if you're if you're in a college class listening to this right now, 
if if you're interested in sports, you got to have a sense of humor. So you, you just get, you just got to roll with the punches. So uh, we took a look at the professional technical writing PTW aspect of it. Now let's talk about interest in sports. I'm going to start with Kay. How did you become interested in um, te- well, working in sports, perhaps, and, and or teaching sports? You know, I, I don't know that it was ever um, something that I that I like actively pursued. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, you know, I've been involved with sports uh, my whole life. You know, I was I was when I was younger, I, I played everything from baseball and soccer, and, and ultimately, you know, I, I consider myself a football player above everything else. Um, you know, through high school and whatnot. But you know, those those athlete days <laughs> ended. <laughs> you know, gosh, over twenty years ago now. Um, but as a fan, you know, I've continued to follow primarily professional and, and college football. Um, you know, I, I, I like to follow the, the Tigers well when they were winning. <laughs> um, and I think it was sort of that uh, that level of, of kind of critical fanness, if you will, uh, that I think played well into uh, doing a course like the sports journalism class where we could kind of um, come in and add the, those sort of critical expertise that we have uh, on and, and knowledge of, of sports and, and, and you know particular uh, sports and, um, and and that part of it I, I enjoyed being able to share and teach and then I think the other side just you know not just the sports focus um, but the focus on, on on production audio and video production and broadcasting yes. uh, you know developing this this uh, podcast and uh, studio and, and, and audio studio uh, I think lended itself really well to the kind of work that we would do in a sports journalism course, uh, you know, when you think about the the proliferation of sports podcasts, uh, uh, i.e., the Top Green podcast, um, and and as well as uh, you know, sports radio, <laughs> sports talk radio, uh, you know, we have a big market uh, just down uh, in Southeast Michigan in uh, in the Detroit market, uh, but then there's still you know other markets in, in kind of northern and mid Michigan. Um, you know, a couple of shows that really uh, proliferate across the state. So, you know, it's it's it sort of was a natural, I think, transition from just an, an interest in, in a fandom to, hey, let's think about ways that we can be critical and, and talk about this in an educational way. Definitely. Bill? Yeah, you know, my childhood obsession, really, with baseball is, is the beginning of it. You know, I, I'm a kid who, as an elementary school student, memorized the stats for the Cincinnati Big Red Machine back in the 70s. And, you know, that that in a lot of ways was the beginning for me, where baseball was the gateway into basketball and basketball was the gateway into other things. But at some point, you know, I realized I wasn't going to be competitive on the field beyond sandlot and pickup games and stuff like that. And so rather than give up my love of sports or think oh well I can't participate because I'm not going to be you know nobody's going to be watching me play you know, I started to become interested in coaching and actually did my first coaching gig when I was still a high school student coaching a, a rec basketball team and that was a really cool experience and then when I got to the point where I myself had kids you know as Tom pointed out my, my daughter's a little older than him and my son's a little younger than him and now I've got a, a nine-year-old almost ten-year-old stepdaughter that I may coach coming up here pretty soon as well you know having that kind of a a, of a component in my life got me looking at sport in a different way you know how do I pass on that kind of passion and that kind of knowledge of the game and my soccer teams I coach varsity soccer at the local high school and my teams are known for their their really the sports acumen their their soccer intelligence 
you know, it slows down the development at the at the front end because I'm not just teaching them basic skills and teaching them knowledge of the game, and and those kinds of things. The interest in stats as a kid and the and the thinking, how do I break this down? How do I how do I design a team that's going to beat another team? How do I design plays, moments, all that kind of stuff? That that kind of analytical mindset is something that really feeds well into taking. Um, you know, a, a crack at teaching this kind of stuff at the collegiate level. And so one of the things that happened in the course that you were in, Tom, yes. was that we, we talked a lot about examining, observing, um, looking for patterns and structures and, and, and habits and practices in the broadcasts. And we looked at ESPN and we looked at other broadcasts as well. I mean, certainly ESPN is one of the, one of the tops in the, in the U.S. at least. Um, but, you know, we looked at a lot of different kinds of, of publications and a lot of different kinds of broadcasts, both television and radio, and we were looking to see, you know, how does this kind of stuff work? The kind of analytical mindset feeds really well into that sort of a setting, and that's, of course, what we tried to pass on to all of you who were in the class with some pretty cool results, I think. Yes, definitely, and one one thing I'll say to perhaps the students that are listening to this is that you see a lot of former athletes you see a lot of greats that take up the broadcast booth and absolutely um bill and Kay pretty much outlined that you don't necessarily have to be a great to get into the broadcast right. booth i've noticed that a lot on espn and fox that uh, it's a lot of ex-athletes but one not not ones that are going to be in the hall of fame ones that perhaps got their career cut short by by injury so you don't necessarily have to become a Hall of Fame athlete to work in sports. Well, and I'll point out that we're in the Moneyball sure. era of sport in general, and that kind of mentality has invaded every major sport. And it's a demonstration that you don't have to be an athlete, you can be a stat guy, and you can have not just a place but a very lucrative career in sports. You just pick your sport. And the thing was that my next point was going to be analytics. There you go. <laughs> I stole your thunder, man. <laughs> of course. It, uh, we are in a money ball type era, of course. In baseball, we have the shift. Right. And uh, just a few weeks ago, George Brett uh, was interviewed by, I, I forget who, but he was asked about the shift, and he said, oh, I'd hit 400 every year because he would find up at the opposite side of the field and hit the ball. So, <laughs> yeah, it just, uh, um, you know, analytics is a huge part of this industry, and if you, you have to know your stuff look look at it now and um i know i'm in school so maybe i shouldn't mention this but look at DraftKings and FanDuel. they're yeah. very they're very analytical and i i admit that yeah i'm a player of FanDuel and DraftKings. now albeit one dollar games i don't gamble too much but um you have to really look at the data and analysis and pick wisely if you're going to win uh, it could be the difference between winning 300 bucks like i did once or losing so. Well, and you look at a at an organization like one of those, and and the the game it, it, from from that perspective, and yeah, you, you your point from before it, it fits really well there. You see a lot of people that that don't look like they're part of sports who are part of sports, <laughs> and more to the point, because of analytics, are making a lucrative career out of sports, having never maybe stepped on a court or a diamond or a field. Mm -hmm or a pitch or wherever to participate directly, you know, they're in it because it's a money-making opportunity and because all they have to do is analyze some things and pay attention to the game. It brings a very different perspective, and I know there are a lot of sports purists that are down on that. There was a lot of talk around the, the NBA Finals this year about um, 
how it's become a three-point show instead of a basketball game and the, even there's talk of, of moving the three-point line back in professional sports as well as at, at lower levels in part because of that kind of stuff and ultimately it all comes down to analytics that's why we we have a three-point game in basketball because someone figured out that the percentages were in the favor of the shooters so you know th- those kinds of things you know it shows that that there's a sport is really a, a a thing, a phenomenon, a, a cultural occurrence that is for everybody who wants to participate. They just have to figure out what way they're going to do it. Yeah, and that's honestly inspiration for this project is that you know there are so many, so many jobs you could get in the world of sports, and it, I I honestly think it starts in the classroom. In the your, in, your ideas and inspiration start in the classroom. That's why I chose to start the project with college professors. Is that you know, oh, yeah, we help. appreciate that. Oh, of course. Of course, they helped in the classroom. And when you get to take the ideas from the classroom into the real world. So we talked We talked about that. Um, let's talk about um, the sports journalism class. What? Um, beca- um, because Bill was really the one that um, th- thought of the idea at first for the journalism class, what inspired um, to the start of sports in, in, for, of this class? Um, I Maybe it's maybe it is me that inspired you to start this well, class, but you know the the academic structure here. The one place where we have freedom is if we are in control of a special topics course, or if we want to do an independent study. And one of the things that I typically do with an independent study is, you know, someone like you comes along, and I know that you're interested in doing something with that. So we start some casual conversation, and it comes around to, hey, let's do an independent study course, and I always throw it out to to that student see if you can find some other people who are interested in that same topic. And in this particular case, in chatting about it around the office, we, you know, Kay was interested in it as well, having had, you know, his, his prior connections with sport and, and broadcast and, and media. So, you know, it seemed like a natural thing for us to try to coordinate it. And then by the time it all came together, I think we know this, but the, the people who are listening, this is news to you. We wound up getting five students who were interested in it. We did uh, a, a weekly independent study session where we would analyze broadcast, practice broadcast, uh, went through a whole range of, of different elements of, of sports journalism from print to audio to video and and really played with a lot of those, th- those different ideas. But ultimately it comes down to, hey, we're interested in doing this. It's a legitimate pursuit for us to to take on if it's within the context of the program and we've got a studio got people interested let's see what we can do with this kind of thing and and i love that freedom that we have to do things um as scott was saying before you know responding to student interests and student demand so yeah i think the conversation started with you and i and it didn't last with just the two of us involved for very long before we had a whole crew put together and the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, so so basically, uh, Kay had heard this conversation about sports. Continue. <laughs> well, I thought it was a good opportunity to um, you know, explore an interest that I hadn't had an opportunity to explore yet uh, as a faculty member. Um, you know, we do a lot of really cool things, and a lot of, as Dr. Bill mentioned, a lot of the special projects courses are opportunities for us to, um, you know, uh, bring in our interests and, and, and our research and, and develop courses around things that we enjoy doing. However, uh, sports was not one that had, had come up yet. And so when, when Dr. Bill mentioned that 
you know, he'd been talking to Tom, and there was this possibility of bringing in uh, some more students. Yeah, I said, let's do it. And I, and I thought, as I mentioned earlier, too, it was a great opportunity to bring in this studio and helping students prepare for that kind of work as a sports broadcaster or sports journalist, somebody who might want to start their own podcast or be involved in some sort of sports radio. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, we, we tried to incorporate uh, some some video production as well, though that admittedly is where yeah, it was felt, limited. Yeah, you know, we, <laughs> it was limited, and, and and actually that's what led to us writing the grant last year to bring in a whole bunch of video production equipment, so that now we feel a little bit more comfortable doing. Yeah, the, the next time around we will we will be able to simulcast. Yeah, and and you know, so so even that for us, I think, was a good learning experience of, of you know where were our limitations and how can we push what we want to do and and offer more um, experiences uh, for our students uh, as they go through this uh, you know course like this. Yes, definitely. And those that are listening to the podcast for the first time uh, may not know how I started this podcast, and really it was it was just about when I started at SVSU. Um, a couple guys named Brandon Rush, Jeff Lyons from a small group called Three Point Stance Magazine said, hey, we like your talents. We've worked with you at Pick Six Magazine, which was a small writing company that uh, was bought out by a, a company that I'm not sure who they were, but it pretty much went down the drain. So Brandon and Jeff decided, "Young, we're going to try this again. Let's do Three Point Stance Magazine. Let's, let's see if Tom's interested in picking this up again. And I had said, of course. And so um, that's how I started the podcast. And I really, I honestly didn't know really what the heck I was doing at first. In fact, I was doing my 10-minute podcast from my truck outside in the parking lot at SVSU and just recorded content for the week. And as soon as I had gotten a USB microphone and a computer, which my, my parents had, that's how I really got the show started and, of course, incorporated guests and stuff like that. And that's how this podcast has gotten bigger and bigger. So really, I have to thank Brandon Rush, Jeff Lyons at, at first for the for to starting this um, show. But, of course, Bill had gotten, had gotten my first steps off the ground into this real sports journalism. This reminds me of, yes. in, in the 70s, I saw this uh, poster that someone had probably stolen from somewhere and put on their bedroom wall. And it was, uh, it was from... The it was from New York City in in the birth of punk, and it was a picture of a hand on a guitar, and then there were three chords that were laid out on the side, and it and the the poster literally said, "Here are three chords, and a guitar, start a band," mm-hmm. and that's sort of the the idea here that all you need is a an you know, a topic to talk about, a way to record it, and a way to get it posted somewhere. And you've got a podcast. It doesn't take a lot of technology. You know, we've we've slowly refined the kit that we have, and we're gracious uh, and grateful about the the monies that that people have, um, you know, granted to us so that we can continue to develop this. And although our inspiration is students, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't geeked out about all the stuff that we get to play with. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm an old tech geek as well as a stat guy. So, you know, it, opportunities to play with things and people who are interested in playing, that's really what it's all about. And so you coming in with something like this, hey, the willingness to start simple and just get, roll with it. Clearly you made an impact, you drew attention, and you've continued to evolve and refine your kit and your your habits and practices along the way and if you know 
now you're at the point where you're looking at making the next step into an even bigger stage and that's part of what this is all about as well is having something that you can showcase that people are going to be interested in and then they can see hey this dude's got some vision let's let's bring him on mic let's bring him on board and let's see what he can do yeah and i would think uh, from a student perspective looking at the professor is that um it's it's after the student graduates where do where where do they go from here and that's right. i would think is another inspiration for this class did you have anything i'll just say your story about kind of starting in your truck i think is uh uh, you know, it's really illustrative of the accessibility of doing something like a podcast, and that was one of the things that always really interested me. Uh, even with some video production stuff, how mm-hmm. how really accessible you have a mic, a camera, a computer, and you can do uh, some really cool things that we otherwise wouldn't have had access to. I mean, when I was you know going through my undergraduate experience in my late teens and early twenties, certainly a lot of this stuff wasn't as accessible as it is now. Um, and so that sort of like, you know, getting that start like that is, is, is a really, um, neat story for me. But I think, um, you know, one of the things where, um, you know, a, a course like this can help though is to, to develop that talent and, and to, um, help provide a, an atmosphere where we're, where we're able to share ideas and things that, uh, you know, oh that was really great and, and, and you know maybe you want to think about this and so being involved in a course atmosphere I think with, with your peers and with faculty helps to really hone and refine uh, you know your skills as a broadcaster because let's face it one of the really scary things about doing is getting in front of a mic and hearing yourself I mean how many of us you know even in that small you know five person right. uh, independent study didn't want to wear the headphones and listen to themselves when they were recording those first couple times, right? It, it feels, people out it just does. A bit. Yes. They feel uncomfortable, right? They don't like being on mic. They don't like hearing themselves. They don't like knowing that there's going to be some sort of audience uh, necessarily that, that'll listen to what they have to say. And, and as they say things that are unscripted, right? We sit here today. We don't have, I mean, you've got some notes, Tom's in terms of topics that you want to cover. Right. Um, but you know, this is all relatively unscripted. <laughs> and so that can really scare people as well, where you don't right. have, you know that sort of that ability to 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 read off a script or go back and erase and revise and delete what you just said. Um, I mean, sure, we could do some things in post production, for example, but you know, by and large, it's a really kind of um, scary thing for for people who are new to doing any sort of broadcast journalism or or even just podcasting. And so, to have that experience of getting in front of a mic and getting feedback from your classmates and from faculty helps to develop that confidence uh, and it helps to uh, develop sort of your, your on the feet uh, or, or on the fly thinking, uh, you know, on your feet kind of thing. Um, see, I just screwed up there and, and we, <laughs> we won't edit that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm trying to, to point out though is, so, you know, is that you know, we, we have that ability to develop that confidence in front of the mic. Um, and so when Hollywood gets a hold of the story and Seth Rogen is playing you sitting in a dilapidated <laughs> F-150 in a parking lot in Essexville. <laughs> Actually, it would be a Ford Ranger in the SVSU parking go. lot, but still <laughs> but still point proven. <laughs> hey, Hollywood messes with details. <laughs> well, of course. You know, you... As far as that goes, there's another Tom Green out there, so you might have to, like, you know, develop a stage name here. <laughs> yeah, one of my old professors, uh, Jim Gleason at Delta, his stage name was Nick Danger. So <laughs> there you go, Tommy Danger. <laughs> there we go. And so I'll also add to uh, Kay's point when when we were doing our sports journalism class, um, we had started recording, and I and I had made the comparison like it was you're watching a basketball game and the fir- and you're watching a basketball game and the first guy goes on a twelve nothing run and they call timeout. 
I wasn't saying that to pride myself. I was saying I was trying to say to the people that, hey, here's where I'm at right now. Let's get you guys up to my level. And, oh yeah, I mean, you, you came oh, in yeah. right and immediately you had a presence um, that everybody was you know like whoa, <laughs> you know, where is he coming from? <laughs> um, Who's yeah. this dude? I, yeah. I, I thought I mean, Tom was in class with us. I mean, even me. I mean, it, it blew me away. Uh, you know, the first time we had you on mic. Uh, you know, you were you were prepared. You were confident. Uh, you had a presence on the mic that uh, you know, yeah was was a little bit better. But you know, at the end, you know, at the end, I mean, yeah, I think you did. You raised your classmates' level, and I think mm-hmm. at the end, everybody felt really comfortable being on mic. And we had that little sort of around the horn competition kind yes. of thing to to end the semester. Uh, man, the people did really well with that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, one of our one of our classmates, Nick Polhill. I was surprised that he yeah. outdid me in one of the rounds. I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> Uh, I was I was going to mention Nick at some point in the context of that class because you you made the point earlier about sport being something that appeals to a really really wide range of people, mm-hmm. and so we had a gentleman in class who was into hiking, backpacking, uh, camping, and absolutely that's part of the sport world, and especially here in the state of Michigan, that's a huge part of our culture. But until Nick showed up interested in participating in the class, we hadn't even thought about that kind of stuff. And so he really challenged us just by his very presence and the kind of interests that he had to blow open our preconceived notions of what it meant to be doing a sports broadcast or to be doing sports journalism in any way, shape, or form. And and it's interesting how something like that that at the at on day one felt fringe. Maybe that's not even the best word for it, but but out of outside of the box of what we were all thinking about when it came to sport, really changed a lot of the dynamic in our sessions, and really caused us to rethink the nature of sport itself and what we call sport. And of course, we had our conversations, joking about our dart sports. And I know, especially in Michigan, I'm unpopular for having the thought that NASCAR is not really a sport. <laughs> um, I'll say it. That's okay. Um, but, you know, but the, the, the bigger context that, that you brought up earlier is that it's there, there's a lot of stuff going on and there are a lot of dimensions and there are a lot of approaches that we can take to getting into this stuff. Definitely. And, and with that, I will actually um, ask the question, and I'll start with Kay. Uh, what are we looking at for the future of this sports journalism class and perhaps sports journalism class at different schools that well, may be listening to this. I think actually kind of bigger than the class where I would sure. like to go, um, and you know this may be two, maybe three years out because of the curricular changes that we just made last year, but I would like us to add a program that includes journalism, and it might be something like you know editing, publishing, and journalism or some kind of flavor of that. Uh, into our curriculum. It might start out as a minor, but I think in a place like SVSU, there's a need to create a program that helps prepare students for journalistic careers. That's more than just, you know, an off course uh, that we might teach as an independent study or as a a special topics course. Um, And within that program, I would very much like to see some kind of sports journalism course be involved in that program. Uh, I think the, you know, there's there's five of you uh, in the in the independent study. We probably could have easily filled, um, or at least gotten a course to fly. <laughs> Maybe not filled the capacity of of people in the program. And actually, now that right. the program is growing, um, 
you know, I think that it would be really easy to have a course fly in sports journalism here on campus. Um, when we can pull in uh, audio and TV broadcasting or, or recording and sports journalism into that course as well, um, you know, I think that that expands what students are able to experience uh, in in a course like that. So, you know, that's that's where I think I'd like to see things go is 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 that course continue to be part of a regular rotation in a larger program that includes journalism. Very cool. Bill. The the whole thing with audio and video production goes back almost to my beginnings in the program back in 2005 where we've had individual students interested in things. So prior to sports journalism, I had taught variations on, on journalism, electronic and digital journalism, including video and audio production, all the way back into like 2007, I think. And I had uh, the, the Loose Twins in class, both... Um, PTW majors from my early days in the program who actually produced an environmental documentary on um, monetizing waste you know so things like the the grass trimmings from the sides of the roads and and so on and so that that interest has been in the program for a long time and twice now I have taught our special topics course as digital journalism and I think combined between the two offerings they were pretty close to about 35 or 36 students, which means that it was packed once and it was a little short on people a second time. So the point of all that is that it's a thread and, and it's um, it's something that has come and gone in the program, but, but it's legitimate. And I'll echo Scott's hope that we can have some sort of programmatic development in, that moves in the direction of audio and video and journalism and publishing and so on. Because I think in addition to being relevant and real, it challenges us and pushes us to rethink the way that we write and think and speak and create and design in other media. And I think it's really healthy for us to be, you know, to really be thinking in, in, in a variety of ways about stuff like that. And I'll add in one thing that um, in part because of the success sure. of sports journalism, we've actually talked about proposing a general education speech course that's on podcasting. You know, right now there's nothing like that offered in this institution. And I'm not sure if that's an idea that's found its place elsewhere either. But how cool would it be to be taking, you know, completing your general education credits and to do a class where your presentations are delivered as podcasts? I mean, that's that's very real. That's very contemporary. But it's also relevant to a lot of professional and academic settings. Yes, definitely. And <clears throat> as far as I see for the future of perhaps the sports journalism class perhaps if i get big you know if i get if i get in the sports world people could look back at this class and say here's where tom got his start and a lot of people could perhaps enroll into the class because this is where tom green got his when you donate money back to the back to the ptw (laughs) program we'll name the studio after you (laughs) there we go so there's (laughs) and we can have our own tom green show (laughs) there we go so yeah it's 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 small right now this journalism program, but hopefully it gets really big, and perhaps perhaps this podcast gets really big with different guests that I interview, and perhaps different schools that listen to this show. Uh, maybe maybe Bill as an aside, you could you could get as famous as Jenny Reddish. There we go. <laughs> you know, it, it's really cool having known you at first more vicariously as a, as a student in in my children's classes, but having seen you on Facebook all the way back to junior high or high school. 
and you broadcast some games. Broadcast is probably not the word. You work the booth for a few of my soccer games as the coach at the high school, and I've seen you go through this journey that leads you to this moment. and And I'm excited to see what comes next for you, dude. Uh, you know, you you've you've paid your dues, but you have also you've been you've been careful about it. You hold yourself to a standard. You're always looking to try to figure out. What am I doing well? What could I do better? And how do I how do I evolve? Where do I go next with this kind of stuff? So I'm excited to see what comes next, and I'm excited to see what comes of this series because I think you got your your head in the right place, and I think you got your finger on the pulse. So, you know, now we just see what happens. Definitely. And so for my uh, for the last point here on this show. Um, Advice for people that are looking to work in sports that are, in fact, listening to this show, and I will start with Kay. Any advice for for perhaps the people in college classes that are listening to this show? Probably looking, probably looking at their phones, thinking, "When okay, when's my next class or when's lunch?" But we, I just speak the truth here on this show. Um, any advice for yeah. people that are looking into yeah. sports? I think in in general, um, yeah, I think you're you're a good model for this. Somebody who has an interest in a particular area, you know, in your case, it was it was sports and sports broadcasting and sports journalism. Um, finding a way within your program to make that happen. So if it's not offered, like it wasn't offered regularly here, uh, have those conversations with your faculty and say, "Hey, I'm interested in doing this kind of thing. Is there a way that we can make it happen? Would you be interested in doing an independent study or special topics that would revolve around these ideas?" Um, you know, don't ever be afraid to go up and, 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 you know, talk to your faculty about some idea you have as crazy as you think it might be. Um, I can speak as, as, as a faculty member and I think, uh, you know, I think I probably speak for Bill, but I, I, I won't. Um, but you know, we like to take on new challenges and we like to think about, oh, yeah. you know, things that, that we haven't done, had an opportunity to do around here before. It gives us an opportunity to expand our skills, to try things that we don't often get to do or regularly get to do. Uh, and it helps us kind of push our limitations. Like we mentioned, uh, you know, we realize that, Hey, we've, we're really well set up to do audio stuff, but you know, we, we weren't so really well set up to do video stuff and and now i think we are um the other thing that i would say just kind of more more specifically perhaps is um you know whether you're writing uh for sports journalism or any other kind of journalistic activity it's about finding the story <laughs> and yes. you know that was one of the things that i really wanted to to kind of help instill in you guys when we were when we were working through that course is what's the story what's the hook what is that angle that you want to take um and, and here's where you can then bring in your familiarity with the sport, your expertise with the sport, as well as your sort of critical eye in terms of, uh, you know, whatever that whatever the issue or topic may be. Uh, and then the last thing I think I'll offer is, sure. um, you know, the way that the way that journalism is going in general, uh, it's it's not it's not just, you know, writing on, on paper or on screen where you have to be really, um, uh, you know, Versed in all sorts of different kinds of media. Uh, certainly, right now, Twitter's been the big thing for a number of years, and you see a lot of the sports journalism. You know, who's the first to break a story on Twitter, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, Twitter. Twitter will continue to be big until something else comes along. <laughs> yes. You know, and then what's that thing? So, being comfortable with with writing, with speaking, you know, with with being on camera and being on mic, and, and developing again that confidence to 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 be able to speak and talk and write across a variety of media, I think is really important. So, if you can get an experience doing all of those things, um, you know, as as technology changes and dictates how we share information, uh, you'll be better prepared for those changes. Definitely. Good advice. Bill, advice. I'm going to keep 
on that same thread, sure. and, I'm, and I'm gonna say you know whatever gets your geek on. <laughs> I I really emphasize in my classes, regardless of what the class is, speaking from a position of expertise, and and it always throws students at the beginning because they don't think of themselves as being expert in anything. And and again, I'll, I'll echo what what Scott was saying. You know, you look at at the journey that you've been on here, Tom, where yes. you had an interest and you were willing to play around and you know, had the audacity to think, hey, I'm going to create a sports show and I'm going to do some recording and I have thoughts, darn it. And, you know, you have cultivated expertise in sports that you didn't have at the beginning. I remember a time when you didn't really know that much about soccer, for example, and yet you have made it your game. And anyone who listens to you talk about soccer or if you were to, to do you know the, the commentary on a broadcast, you know they wouldn't know that you didn't begin there, and and that's that's a cool thing. So you took a general interest in sport and a general ability to research and to immerse yourself in sport, and you've really turned it into a thing. And and that kind of a passion, like I said, that you you're getting your geek on, that kind of expertise really can become something that is lucrative that's career oriented I mean, if you look at our culture in the last 20 years we've seen blogging come and go and come back um, we've seen podcasting come and go and come back we've seen vidcasting come and go and come back there are people who do nothing but record shows that are posted on YouTube and they make pretty phenomenal amounts of money and it's a select few that are actually able to support themselves with that kind of stuff. But it's interesting that, you know, we've come to a point where technologically speaking, it doesn't take much and it doesn't take a lot of investment for you to act on, on, you know, one of those impulses to create and, and that there might be people out there that are willing and interested to support you in that endeavor. And that's a really cool thing. And anytime that a class can become the impetus for something like that or where that can become the impetus for a class, that relationship between education and professional development and the ability and willingness to go back and forth between those things, that that's really what it, why I'm in higher ed. I mean, that's that kind of openness mm -hmm. to possibility really drives a lot of what I do and, and keeps me excited to be coming back semester after semester. I've been doing this a while. You know, 30 years in the in the industry is a bit. Definitely, and and some of it I think is willingness to give back. Of course, going into higher ed, and that and that's kind of how I wanted to start this project. Is that you know I've done a lot, and I'm still an, an a free agent in the sports world. I'm, oh yeah. And so I've done a lot, and still I I'm still yet to get paid for it. So how I felt, how can I give back to people that want to do stuff like I like I am, and that's what's inspired me to start this project. So. Definitely a great conversation with Dr. Bill and Dr. Yeah, K. Um, if you're in a college class and are still listening to it and have yet to uh, go on your phone and look at what so-and-so has commented on your status, well, good for you. So <laughs> with, that, with that being said, definitely a good conversation, episode Thanks one. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Definitely. And I will ask, as I do with every podcast I do, even, even with this professional project, is there anything else you guys have to add to this wonderful Tom Green podcast? I'm good. Good luck, dude. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens next. Definitely. He keep is. Us in, keep us in mind. Keep us in the loop. Definitely. He is Dr. Bill Williamson. He is Dr. Scott Kobaleski. Thank you. 
And this has been the Tom Green Podcast.